Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Take a look at some clips from season one from Key and Peele, which you actually pick up on iTunes right now. So let's take a look at that. Chad Armstrong is out sick today. So I am filling in for my usual land reports. And uh, I'm up here at the chopper. But I got to tell you guys, I am loving the view. <laughs> oh my God! said, bitch, <laughs> if you wanted to go to Taylor's, just tell her brother you want to go to Taylor's. Okay. You called your wife a bitch. Huh? Daryl, where are those guys? Six dollars on lot eight. One once, twice, three times sold. Well, you have to buy that, dude. Oh, no brainer. I mean, that guy's a huge, a massive individual. That's two of me. Anybody would buy him. Yeah. I'd buy that dude. These guys, Key and Peele on Comedy Central, and... <laughs> They've got a guy who imitates me pretty well. He's got an anger translator named Luther. So I'll make my little speech, and then Luther will come on and say, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can't actually repeat <laughs> what uh, We've created three million new jobs. Three million new jobs. We ended the war in Iraq. Ended a war, y'all. We ended a war. Remember, remember that? These achievements should serve as a reminder that I am on your side. I am not a Muslim. And that... My intentions, as your president, are coming from the right place. They're coming from Hawaii, which is where I'm from, which is in the United States of America, y'all. Okay? This is ridiculous. I have a birth certificate. I have a birth certificate. I have a hot, diggity, diggity, mama say, mama samu, Microsoft birth certificate, you dumbass crackers. My name is LaShawn, and this right here is my sandwich. It's just Samuel. Yeah. <laughs> and we're gonna get married. That's so great. How long have you guys been together? Well, we've been three years. It's been forever. We've been waiting forever. It's really important to know the person who is the bride. I am the bride. Hey, as far as I'm concerned, this Saturday night, there's not even going to be a fight. I'm going to mercy kill this old man. God chose me for this fight. God is the teacher. Derek is the student, and I am God's instrument. I'm going to knock him out round one, bitch. Wait. What did he say again? When you are paralyzed from neck down, then your family will gather around your hospital bed to see the new day. Is this crazy? We need to make some serious decisions about your mother's health. Let's be honest, she is getting on in years. Okay, I see how it is. I see how it is. Well, yo mama, so old, her last name is Osaurus. <laughs> <laughs> your mother needs to manage her weight or there can be some real problems. Okay, all right, all right. Yo mama is so fat, she need a latitude and longitude number to find her old ass <laughs> We are talking about the woman who took care of you your whole life. The least you can do is take care of her in her old age and take this seriously. I just know that she says so many times she doesn't want anything invasive done. Really? I was not aware of that. It was difficult to hear her with my d in her mouth. Snap, Mr. Lewis. Oh, snap. Ain't I a stinker? Welcome this evening's guest moderator, writer, actor, producer, and director, Michael Showalter. Hello, how's everybody doing? Um, well, I just want to say how incredibly excited I am and honored I am to have been asked to uh, bring these guys up here. Um, they are so brilliantly funny. And so without any further ado, the, uh, the everythings of this show uh, the stars, the executive producers, and the writers of Key and Peele, Key and Peele, Keegan Michael Key, and Jordan Peele. Hello. Hey, Hi. Mike. Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. All right. All right. Thanks for coming. This is great. 
What do you want to ask me? No, I'm just <laughs> the, um, but this the, you guys have, are on a whirlwind tour promoting yes. your the second season of your television Correct. show. Correct. Yeah, we've done. Um, I think we've done eight or nine uh, interviews today. Mm -hmm. Really? Yes. And we got here this morning. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. You were yeah. in Boston. Yeah. We were Boston last yeah. night doing a show, and then we arrived here this morning and to do interviews. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's I was I was saying you guys are like the Beatles of comedy. That's right. <laughs> we we are not bigger than Jesus. No, no, no. no. We but were, you are we the Beatles. But you are as big as the Beatles. You're as big as the Beatles. Big as the yes, Beatles big, yeah. Not <laughs> quite as big as Jesus. We certainly travel as much as the Beatles. It has yeah. been a hard day's day today. So, but this and is definitely the coolest uh, interview that we've done all day. Yes, we're, we yeah. were excited about this. Is what this is what kept us going all day. Just knowing we would be here. Yes, absolutely. Here. How could it not be? <laughs> and you guys are going back to. Because you, I want you to tell everybody what you were telling me about what the next like tw twenty four hours are because it's it's timely because tonight is the first debate, first presidential. Yeah, so right. tonight, so we'll go to bed tonight, um, and we'll get up here, uh, here, here in New York. And we'll the stage, we're, uh, gonna we're gonna go sleep. sleep right. after we have, the show. We have some roll ups in the back. Yeah, and yeah. then we're going to uh, get on the <clears throat> get on the plane tomorrow. Hightail it uh, to Los Angeles. Yeah. We're gonna use an aeroplane. Okay. And then we're going to land at about and you guys nine. have your own jet, right? Yeah, oh, you yeah. Guys oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You guys yes, have a, net, a yeah. net jet. Yes, mm -hmm. we have a net okay. jet. <laughs> the rent is really reasonable on those net jets. Yeah, that's what I hear. Um, and we're going to fly back to L.A. and then tomorrow shoot an Obama-Luther scene So, uh, in response to what's happening as we speak. You're going to write it we're right. Gonna, we're gonna, it's it's going to be fly. written in the air. We're going to land. Mm -hmm. We're going to do some, some cuts. We're going to do some polishes. I don't know when we're going to watch the debate. That's the, I, that's we, the we haven't part. factored in that time. Right. We're going to write this whole thing up. having not watched the debates. It's going to be fascinating. Wow. This, piece, this piece will be very interesting, Wow, you folks. guys are really good. Yeah, well, I'm not getting you. Keep it vague. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> we'll yeah. just keep it real like, nice and simple. You should yeah. just say he felt like he did well, and I'll go, uh, God damn it, I did well. Well, but that's and that's what you want. You you don't want it to be too timely. Otherwise, no, you it won't don't be, want that. It won't be funny ten years exactly. from now. Exactly, it won't, it won't yeah. be funny tomorrow. And every single piece of comedy should be funny <laughs> ten years from tomorrow. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let me ask you the first question that I have written down right now. <laughs> ah, wise move. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> that sounds good. Now this is a question that I am almost a hundred percent sure you've never been asked. Mm -hmm. I can't wait. I can't okay. wait to hear this one. And because this is this is, I said I want to talk to these guys, but as a fellow ske sketch comedian, I want to ask them questions that they're never going to get asked right. by anyone the else. The probing wait. questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The probing questions. I want this to be the that original feeling one. How did you guys meet? Oh. <laughs> My God! Oh wow. my God! I was not. I was not expecting that. That one. is tough. How did you guys oh, meet geez. and then start are we, working okay, together? Let me, are, are we already reeling? Let me recover. Are um, we being punked right now? <laughs> this is a real gotcha. Is, what's you're, his name? I know you're shocked because, oh, that, because of how Never. off. But yeah, freaked out you are. Never but. heard that question. Oh my God! Okay, uh, let's well, see if I can. Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just pulling this out of my butt. Stay political. Just, but, just be political. Well, but yes. to go to the to go to the Beatles thing. I mean, like. Even though it's a question they get asked all the time, it's like you want to know how did John Lennon and, and Paul McCartney meet? Right, right. Uh -huh. So I'm well, asking, how did you guys meet? Because so you, you are the John Lennon and Paul McCartney. And who? And who's who? Would you do you think? Who do you think Lennon? And who do you think nice. McCartney? We want to ask you a question. We're pretty sure you've never been asked. <laughs> who here between which, these two biracial guys? Do you, which one is? Which one is, is Key McCartney and Peel Lennon? Just, I wanna, yeah. Or is. <laughs> I think so. I think that's right. What's that? I think key so. Is, key is McCartney and Peel is Lennon. I think so. I'll take it. We'll I think it. so. We'll yes, take yes. it. I think so. Um, we met in Chicago mm -hmm. 10 years ago. Uh, I was working at the Second City Theater in Chicago, and I was on stage, and, and Jordan was working at an improv sketch theater in the Netherlands, in Amsterdam. Yes. The name of the theater, which was Boom, Boom Chicago. Chicago. Yes. That was the name of oh, the theater. Oh, yes. I've yes. heard of that. Started oh, by absolutely. two Chicagoans. Absolutely. Yeah. And we met there. I, he, they, they had traveled over from the, uh, the Netherlands. They did their show. And I was at the other theater at the Second City. They did their show on the main stage. And we have a second stage at the Second City. So after one night, we met. Uh, we were introduced by a mutual friend who is now on our writing staff. Mm -hmm. And she, uh, we all went out to a diner and hung out until 4 o'clock in the morning. And I ran home to my wife, and I said, "I'm in love." Mm -hmm. um, wow! Yeah, because I had just... no idea about this part of it. Yeah. That he he had, he ran and he declared that we were in love to my wife. That this was awkward. This is true. Yeah. No. That, yes. I, I just said I just met this guy, and he has a lot of the same comedic sensibilities. <laughs> you guys are you guys are um, kindred we're, we're, spirits. We're, mm -hmm. Yes, we're, we're comedy kindred spirits. Yeah. And I think that really comes across in your work. It really does. Oh, thank you. Guys you guys are very Thanks. clearly yeah. on mm -hmm. the same page comedically, yeah. and you also clearly think the other is funny. 
Yes. And I think that Mm -hmm. that is uh, usually a really good sign for when something is good is when the people involved have mutual admiration. Mm -hmm. And I can see even when we were backstage watching sketches, you guys enjoy each other's performances. Well, and, you know, I know you've you, you did uh, Stella, which ha- seems to have some of the same energy. It's like we inspire one another, right. you know. And I so we, we do this thing, you know, one-upsmanship. That's one of the comedy techniques we go to a lot, where he'll do something uh, funny and physical, and then I go, okay, what's my take on that same thing? And I'll try and top it, and then he'll try and, and I'll top, try to top it. it, and we just it just heighten it and heighten it and heighten it and heighten it. Yes. Until we get yes. to a Hawaiian Jerry Lewis moment, and then you know, right. so mm-hmm. and then it's over, and then it's done. And then yeah. you just go blackout, and don't go too long. Just get it done, you know? Yeah. And then, and then uh, after, to continue the story, we worked on uh, Mad TV together mm-hmm. for uh, several years. That yep. was uh, really coincidental that we both got that, uh, you know, except for the fact that we were, you know, both worked real hard in the improv and sketch world to, mm-hmm. uh, to get there. And then once we started working together and writing together on Mad, I mean, the rest really was history. We just, yeah, we did the... The uh, superstitious night. We didn't even have a name for those characters. No, we, we didn't. Did even, they TV. never had. Their names were Carl and Ty. What we did never, they do? Tell they us, they, tell they, us about they them. were in a fraternity uh, together, a black fraternity at a black college. At some point, and they were at some point in their lives, and they were so. Are uh, they steppers? They were steppers. steppers. That's exactly okay. what they were. They were steppers. Okay. You remember and those guys? Yes. Yeah. The, I guess people called them the man up guys. Would, would you like to up. do some? Uh, do they do they step? Well, they, they do. <laughs> they step in the ethereal history of their lives. We don't see but, it. No, we, but not. Oh well, no, well, the thing is, in in the sketch, they they yeah, they're trying to break these superstitions. They were very superstitious guys. Okay. So when something happened, like stepping on a crack or a, a black cat or a broken mirror, crossing the, or a hat on the bed, they would have to do a step dance to break the mm-hmm. hex. And that was how they would communicate. Sort of a high concept, but silly scene. <laughs> and what it really what it really did for us was, I mean. We, we come from kind of a theater background, so uh, we wanted to put a little bit extra care into rehearsing a sketch right. than uh, was typical at MAD. And that's something that, n- now that we're on Key and Peele, I think that we, we've brought is that we, we scrutinize a, a sketch you know, many times over far before we do it. And then even when we do it, we it play it, around a little it bit. It changes and, and enhances and I, even I, in the midst think, of doing it. And I think that's something else I notice about your show that's, I think... I don't know if I've ever seen this in a sketch show of any kind, which is how, um, and I, this is absolutely a compliment, is how slick it is. It's so, the production value is so high on your show. Yeah, we try to give a lot, we give a lot of kudos to our, our director and our staff and our team because they, they, there's a thing that we kind of wanted them not to be sketches so much as we wanted them to be short comedic films. And that's what, that's yeah, what and, it feels and, like. We feel like that, that, was the, that was very important for us to get that across yeah. so that it felt like if you were watching a movie, like a, a, like a right. regular length movie, th- this is one of the set pieces in the movie. Uh-huh. So you just drop uh, in and know who the characters are and here's a little three minute uh-huh. set piece from that 96 minute movie. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, I think that a lot of sketch shows tend to go stylistically and aesthetically towards this, you know, a gorilla underground right. feel. And I think the thing that Keegan and I wanted to honor was the fact that, you know, these days with digital film and everything or uh, digital filming, you know, television has, it's, it's able to look like film. Mm-hmm. It, it can look great. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're fans of, you know, Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, all these things that look really great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got his attention. We got uh, Breaking Bad. We got Dean Norris from Breaking Bad in oh, this yeah. season of Key and Peele. The guy who so plays Hank Schrader on Breaking Bad. He's in. He's in a scene this year. Yeah, yeah. that's gonna be and awesome. Yeah. He actually mm-hmm. plays a, a Mexican king drug, drug, drug kingpin. <laughs> nice. <laughs> figured, why not, why not have him play exactly the opposite <laughs> character that he plays on the TV show that he's so brilliant on? But that's what we. Yeah. So yeah. we got we got a, a director who just is a master at. Chameleon. He, he can do any style in any genre, and we, we really lucked out with him. So yeah, and got him for cheap. Yeah, not for long, <laughs> not for long. Um, should we? Let's see. Okay, I'm gonna mo- keep it moving here. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> it says <laughs> on the paper. Oh my God. Some of your sketches tackle issues like race relations Mm -hmm. in a less than post-racial society. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you give a little background Mm -hmm. on why the two of you are able to go a lot of places with sketch comedy Mm -hmm. that others can't or won't? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think one thing that we talk about often is we we, we do believe 
that you can go anywhere you want as long as you find a sound comedic nugget to start with. And that's what we call it in the office. That's kind of our nomenclature at work is, we, is like, oh, here's the comedic engine or here's what's going to make this scene funny. That's what we call a nugget. The premise. It, the premise, yeah. I mean, it has to have a strong, strong premise. If it doesn't, then I think that's when you run the risk of it being either really pedestrian or super offensive without being funny. Do you have yeah. examples of that that didn't make sh of sketches that um, d are like that, but that then didn't, didn't overcome get the, the yeah. premise? Yeah, that that like you that you were like wanting to try to make it work, but you just like we can't do it. Well, okay, we have that slavery scene that you that you uh, I think they showed a clip from where uh, you know we're two guys on the auction block, right, right, and it, so. We we uh, we knew that biting off slavery as a topic for sketch comedy that's a that's a risky move that's an edgy choice that's already going to put some people off because because lots of people don't think slavery is funny right what lots could be of funny people about that? don't think it's funny some do <laughs> yeah can you some imagine some people think it's some, hysterical some think they it's don't really live funny. in New York City <laughs> <laughs> if you can imagine. <laughs> But so, like when you think of a funny subject, slavery doesn't jump out at you. Your something and, and it does for us. It does for yes. you know. I mean, uh, exactly. because but you know, it was you know what we latched onto was this human element of these guys who were of course insecure because they were being chosen over. Now that was a, a scene that ended up working. We had another scene about slavery that wasn't quite as funny, and so we figured like, you know what, we only it's an important enough topic uh, to to do once and do, to do right. Uh, and so that in that first season, there was a sketch that got cut that was also about slavery that didn't quite make it up to the level. Yeah, the, the, the comic premise didn't hold. Even though we taped the scene, we, we said, nope, not gonna air that, because it ended up just, it just, it just didn't, it didn't make it, 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 fell, uh, it fell down under its own weight of the issue. Mm -hmm. Where the slavery scene that we did use, ultimately the comic premise is about vanity. It's yeah. about being like, well, now, why, now, now that guy was fat, now why wouldn't they pick? Why mm -hmm. would they not buy me? You, 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 you know, it, it, the, the framework we used with slavery to examine how, how vain a person and can be, even in the midst like of their puffing, own... Puffing up yes, your chest, chest and, 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 and you know, all of a sudden. Sucking in your stomachs and stuff. Yeah. And so the, the, premise, the premise held the weight of the edgy subject. And as long as the premise holds the weight of the edgy subject, I think you can do anything. You can mm -hmm. do anything you want. And the other answer to the question, you know, I mean... In making this show, we wanted to find what the the voice of the show that no one else could do. We wanted to find the the material, the sketches that were Key and Peele, and uh, you know we knew we had some racial things that we could explore that hadn't been explored yet. You know, so much has been done with that with Living Color, Dave Chappelle. Um, you know, the th we're both we're both mixed race. We're both biracial. We both have uh, white moms, black dads, and so that from that perspective. We found a, a a good amount of games that hadn't been explored. I mean, and one that we played sort of several times is what we call this one-upsmanship, uh, really zoning in on trying to one-up one another with African American culture. So we have a this soul food sketch where we're eat, we're trying to outorder each other on soul food. We have the uh, the I said bitch sketch, you know, where we're trying to prove our, so our bravado in terms with our funny. wives. That is the yeah, funniest and, sketch. And I think the reason, the reason we do it is being of, being of mixed race, you're going to find yourself in a situation where some people are like, oh, they're not really black, or <laughs> those guys aren't black enough. So if, if, you're, if, if you're dealing with that through a good deal of your life, that's where we're coming from. Right, right. So we're the kind of people that would think to write a sketch about, well, I, I need to order food that's blacker than the food that he ordered. Uh -huh, it, uh -huh, it, uh -huh. That just occurs to us <laughs> because that's part of our experience, you know what I mean? And code switching has always been a part of our lives, you know? There's certain neighborhoods, you go into a, a, this kind of white neighborhood or that kind of black neighborhood, you know you might dial up the blackness a little bit, uh -huh. or you might dial it down a little mm -hmm. bit. So, you know what I mean? Just right. so that everybody in the situation is comfortable. Everybody. Right. <laughs> yeah. And if it's, just, if it's a bar filled with white people, we probably just won't go. To that that's, right. that's the scariest place. That's pretty much my life with my cousins. When I visit my cousins in rural northern Illinois, hey, Keith, you want to go to the bar? Nah, I'm good here. Uh -huh. I'm good here. I'll just, you guys go have a good time. We're going to have some Pabst. Yeah. You get drink a lot of Pabst. Better than I not be in a bar in rural northern Illinois right. with a lot of drunk white people. Yeah. yeah so. But I, I think you, one thing that's uh, great about this season, or that was great to 
Uh, it, we got a lot of the racial exploration uh, out in the first season. This season, I would say, it's a little bit less racial, a little bit more hitting some genres, mm -hmm. hitting uh, some pop culture issues, hitting uh, things that are a little bit more of an, in a playful zone. And we, and we loosened up a little bit. And uh, as we were saying, Jordan, that's the most unbelievable impersonation of Obama. Is it, isn't it un un incredible? Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for saying that, but uh, <laughs> seriously. Well, I was just telling you, you know, I think there, there's a little glint behind his eyes. And I, I was trying to, I was studying him during the, uh, the election in which, uh, the, the, uh, the first election. And he was, you know, he was just, he was in the zone and he was, you know, un uh, unflappable and uh, serious and, and inspirational. He still is, but uh, at some point when he won, it became, it's almost like he, he, he had a little joke. <laughs> and, uh, you know, th this guy kind of came out. <laughs> uh, this guy that, uh, you know, knows he's the president of the United States. So, and so that was the, yeah, that was the, the last thing that I think. Yeah. That, little, that little untold joke. That was a little, yeah. uh, the little untold joke. Yeah. And then so, and, and Luther kind of became that untold joke. I think, I think we found Luther's voice uh, from uh, exploring what can Obama not say? What, what does he have to keep quiet about? And, and what do we know he has to keep quiet about? So, uh, and we, uh, we got a shout out from him himself, which is the coolest thing in the world. Yes, uh, yes. You, you guys, tell, tell us about that. You actually. There, there we are. Oh, See, there we are. There we are with him right there. Yeah. With, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, um, yeah, he was on the Jimmy Fallon show and, uh, and, and Jimmy Fallon had asked him if he had, you know, Mr. President, you like comedy or what kind of comedy do you like? And he, and he said that the, the last movie he thought he had seen was Groundhog Day. Wow. Because he had you know, been so busy uh, saving a community in south of Chicago. And so mm -hmm. he, um, uh, and, then, and then apropos of nothing, other than the question uh, that Jimmy asked him, he said, well, are these guys Key and Peele? And then, they, and then he described the Obama-Luther bit. He just described it can, on television. Can you tell us what he said? He goes, this is, actually, there is this, uh, these guys, uh, uh, Key, Key and Peele, these guys. <laughs> They do a little bit where uh, they got me. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to the camera, and I got this guy Luther, and, uh, and I say something, and then Luther go, I, "I can't say it on the air. I can't say it." That's uh, awesome. Uh, but it's the coolest. And as you notice from the picture, you can see I, I oh, put it back up. There it is. Yeah. I, I slept on a park bench before the <laughs> before before the meeting, meeting the just to make sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I just make sure that he could get my my natural <laughs> scent. He could. You want to make sure the president had your, your authentic musk. Yes. My, yes. Mother, my mother was very uh, proud of me. Yeah. Decided to wear... Yeah, you didn't even tuck your shirt in. No, I mean, no, you, there's no, you can't tuck a plaid shirt in you like that. Tuck oh, you can tuck in a plaid shirt. You can tuck in anything is possible <laughs> when you're talking to the president. Anything is possible! I'm hyped! Speaking yeah, so it, in retrospect, embarrassed, but doesn't he look like we just got a cardboard cutout of oh, Obama? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Stuck him yeah, behind us? Yeah. We should have we should have all turned a little bit to the left, yeah. so you got more dimension. You could see that he actually had thickness to him, and it's really. But then, we, by the we, way, yeah, I we mean, got to meet him a couple weeks after. I mean, this is this was the meeting after Fallon. About two weeks after Fallon, he was in L.A. Uh, uh, at uh, this George Clooney fundraiser, which we did not attend. Mm -hmm. And 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 he uh, and the next day he was going to be in the city for one more day, and his aides somehow we we got connected, and his aides said, w "Would you like to meet Key and Peele?" And he said, I'd love to meet Keegan Peel. And, and so we were like, what? Oosk. So it was we met, crazy. Yeah, his aide was a guy named Bobby Schmuck. No That's joke. Name. That's his actual name. That is his real name, real Bobby nice Schmuck. Guy. Bobby uh, Schmuck. But yeah, what do you say when you, meet the, what do you, when, when you meet the president? What's that well, like? Well, the first thing, you, you let you him say? talk first. That's yeah. the first thing. Yeah. But no, he, he, he's... Is there a smile on your face that just oh, doesn't yeah. go away until an hour later? <laughs> well, I was losing my mind. And then Jordan said, now, wait a minute. Now, take a deep breath. He could just, like... Snap a picture and we we're on our way, so don't get your hopes up. But he came and over then, and goes, Hey, 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 hey. I need Luther. <laughs> I need him. It was crazy. I need he's gonna have to wait till second term. <laughs> I need him. It was nuts. Oh. It was nuts. And it then I mean because Bobby Schmuck, oh there he is, right there, to Keegan. I need a Luther, but there only in a second term. <laughs> wow. Wow. And then on mine it says to Jordan, the uh, owner of the second best Obama impression. <laughs> 
his, of course, funny. being the first. But do the bit. Do the, do the bit. Do the water bit. Well, the, well, you know, because he was he, very witty and, and funny. Yeah. Very witty and, yeah, and funny. funny. Yeah. And had a good sense of humor. Uh, sort of devilishly funny sense of humor. And this was also around when the uh, the Secret Service had... The had whole their, Columbia whole stuff mishap, was going on. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of poking funny. He goes, you know, at one point he's doing his uh, weekly address <laughs> and he takes... He gets a, something in his throat and he goes, all right. He points to one of his aides, this woman. goes, she has a bottle of water. And he goes, all right, I need some water. Do we trust her? Do we trust her? <laughs> she gives him the water and he, he literally goes like this. He goes, all right, now we got to... <coughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> he, he, he was a, a genuinely uh, funny guy and... Uh, Owned the room. Yeah. He was. Uh, no, he was great. He was really charming, and 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 you can see that his staff enjoys him, and and they really enjoy him, and they enjoy traveling with him. And, they, and when apparently when they're on Air Force One or something, they just pass around iPads and watch Key and Peele sketches. And he was very lovely. He said he wanted to make sure we understood that he enjoys the show. He it's not just the, it's not right. a megalomaniac. He doesn't just watch. <laughs> just watch so all wait, the you grilled him on so how much he likes watch, your show? <laughs> no, no, no. He he said to us. He, he oh he uh, said unprompted, that. Unprompted. He's, I unprompted. He said I enjoy the entire program. I don't just watch the Obama stuff. As and then kept on pointing to his mm -hmm. aides. These guys turned me on to it. These guys turned me on to it. Mm -hmm. And Michelle likes it. He said Michelle likes it, and if the first lady lacks it, that's the bottom line. You guys so are way in with the yeah. first family. Oh, yeah. And amazing. if you notice, actually, uh, Keegan tucked for both of us in this picture. He, <laughs> so he tucked. Your, your genes are even higher than his are, oh, than yeah. Obama's. I know. I, I, got him, I got it up there. That is a, <laughs> um, it looks like a, a devilishly short torso right and, there. Yeah. You, you gotta, it's, oh, we should not be standing next to somebody that suave and handsome. <laughs> should not be caught in the, that position. Well, it's 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 quite a it wonderful pretty, thing. It was pretty. Yeah, it was, it was so, an honor. Yeah. Well, let let's actually uh, move on to another amazingly hilarious sketch on the show. Oh, let's do it. All right. Um, this is uh, the East West College Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Can you help set this up for us? Uh, have, you, have you guys seen this? A couple of you guys. A couple right. of you guys have seen this. Okay. Don't ruin it. No. Um, uh, it, should we show I, I, it? Let's and show then, it. Let's show it, and then we'll talk about and then talk about why it, it exists. Hi everybody, I'm Dave Stass, alongside Jeff Worthing, and welcome to the annual East-West Bowl. As we get ready to watch some of the best college players in the nation showcase their skills in a classic showdown between East and West. And there really are some characters on this year's squads, aren't there, Jeff? That's right, Dave. It does seem like the most flamboyant personalities came to the forefront, and they are here. Let's meet the players from the East. Marcus Williams, University of Georgia. T.J. Jackson, Wayne State University. Tavares Smith King, Merrimack College. Kyle Royal, Smoochie Wallace, University of Miami. Desquarius Green Jr., University of Notre Dame. Ibrahim Moises, University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. Jack Marius Tacteratrix, Michigan State University. The Isaiah T. Billings Clyde, Coastal Carolina University. The Jasper Probenkruck III, South Carolina State University. Leoz Maxwell Gilliams, East Carolina University. Javaris Jamar Javaris and Lamar, University of Middle Tennessee. Devoin Shower Handle, University of Southern Mississippi. Hingle McCringleberry, Penn State University. Le Carpetron Duke Marriott, Florida Atlantic University. The Dinklage Morgoon, University of South Florida. Xmas Jackson Flaxen Waxen, California University of Pennsylvania. We're going to be looking for big plays all game long from Tyrol Smoochie Wallace. And let's not forget the tight ends, Ibrahim Moises and Hingle McCringleberry. They've both had amazing seasons. That's right, Jeff. Now let's meet the players from the West. Vegetarian Jefferson, Texas A&M. Deglester Hardunkachud, University of Wisconsin. Swerverton L. Gooding Splat, Saskatchewan University. Quatro Quatro, San Jose State University. Osmotaz Buckshank, Stanford University. Visa 12 Washingbeard, Jones College. Shakira Kwan TGIF Carter, University of Northern Arizona. X Wayne. At Aliciousness, 
Missouri Western State University. Sequester Grundleplith, MD, Adam State. Scoy's Velociraptor Malois, South Dakota State University. TJAJRJ, backslashes fourth, the fifth, Albion College. San Diego State University. Donkey Teeth, Boise State University. Torque. Lewis, Nevada State Penitentiary. The player formerly known as Mouse Cop. University of Missouri, Columbia. Dan Smith, BYU. Oh my. Oh. Oh my. yeah. Guys, that is so funny. Oh man. You know, we that we We couldn't here's the thing. There's, you know, there's an offensive lineman who plays for the Jets, and you know who we're talking about. There's an offensive lineman who plays for the Jets. His name is Debrickashaw Ferguson. Yes, Debrickashaw Ferguson. D apostrophe yeah. Brickashaw. Brickashaw. There's like Ferguson. three nouns Ferguson. in that guy's name. What about the guy Jacquiz Rogers? Jacquiz Jack Rogers. Rogers. And there's yeah. a young man who's, I believe, the quarterback for the University of Cincinnati right now. His name is Munchie Legault. <laughs> So this is a real phenomenon. So basically, this is a documentary. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but we just we love oh, names. God. We just love this. Just sounds and names mm -hmm. and 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 it was it was like we have to do this. Yeah. And we we, we have got to do you know, this. the idea to switch off to you know we've never played multiple characters. Multiple characters in a sketch. So we figured this might be the way to do do it, it to start. It's out. it's so many things. It's it's the names. <laughs> it's gotta be more different hairstyles mm -hmm. it's a it's Ever. a book's yeah. worth of hairstyles yes, right, 32 right. characters 32 we, characters we both played now. we both played yeah 16 characters 16 did you just have a trunk of wigs and yeah. you were just right, pretty like, much yeah. we just kept on running back to my teeth you had and an assembly line yeah. yeah and then run out and then the other one would do two of them he'd run out beard put that off take the eye patch and then run back on it was and yeah. if you'll notice sometimes we you know it's like his fourth character will have the same braces that my yeah, yeah. 13th character, character will has. Have. Right, right, right. You know, so it was, but we shot it in like two and a half hours. It was crazy. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was a lot and of And it's fun. also for, I, we were talking about, I watch a lot of sports, yeah. and they do that when they show the, they, they show the linemen and all the teams, and they say it so deadpan like <laughs> so right. deadpan. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. so chill. And it's like, the, this is the moment you've been waiting for your whole life. Right. You've been working to get into the NFL your entire life. Yeah. And you're and you're a rookie. You gonna look at the, the screen talking about Leotis McKelvin. <laughs> you know, I feel like there's a a group mentality about it. Like, cause they're all in there. They're Nobody all wants in to give it too much. Yeah. Nobody uh, yeah. wants to give too much. Yeah. Yeah. No one wants just, to be the guy who's like, like super excited. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> I'm in NFL. You know, it's not cool not to be dead. Right. And these guys are also. I mean, these guys spent the entirety of their high school and college careers being the coolest dude anyone's right. ever right. known exactly. in their life. Exactly right. So yeah, they don't need to. They, and I actually think they're probably in college, literally saying, "When I get to the NFL, I can't wait to be deadpan in front <laughs> right. of the TV during my lineup. Yeah, during exactly. my lineup. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really. And there's of course those guys that always like every guy who went to Ohio State always goes the Ohio State University. <laughs> Yeah. And then Charles Goodson, who went to University of Michigan, I can't believe, one time he went yeah. this, he said, Charles Woodson, safety, you know the school. No, you can't do that. You, you can't don't, do that. Everybody else said the school, Charles. You don't get to say you know the school. Who else do we like? The guy named Vontaze Perfect? Vontaze wow. Perfect. Perfect. Wow. That's his last <laughs> name. <laughs> Well, there was Mookie Blaylock. Mookie Blaylock. Oh, yeah. You can't, you <laughs> Some can't good names. Some Swerve amazing names. Swerve a thin L. Gooding splat. Yeah. Backslash, back what was back that one? Backslash's fourth, fourth, the fifth. fifth. <laughs> and did you guys just have long list of names that you guys yeah, were we just still, like, then, take, take whichever one you, you like? Or was it, did you try to build them? Like, how did th that work? This was like, it was, it was basically, it was a quick write. So we, you know, we, it was, I think the first draft... Is pretty. Is this pretty is pretty close to what the first draft I don't, was. I, don't, I yeah. don't know if there are any leftover names. No, no. no. It was like perfect. Squindarius. Squindarius. Squindarius is the name we didn't use. We mm -hmm. didn't use Squindarius. Squindarius. But we could we could go on forever with oh, that. Yeah, absolutely, know, it's yeah. great. Maybe there'll be a sequel. Maybe. Yeah. Keegan Michael Key is 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 not your average. That's not your not, average. Not an name. average name. It's got a not hyphen. Not an average name. I got a hyphen in there. Yeah. Not even the last in name. In the first name. The yeah. Hyphen in the first name. Yeah. Not even a stage name. My parents actually named me this. Keegan Michael. Keegan Michael. 
Okay, so it sounds like my mom's always angry at me. Keegan Michael, mm-hmm. <laughs> sounds like she's always angry. Um, let we're this we're now going to take some questions from the audience. Okay. Is oh, that okay? Terrificals. Oh, we've got a microphone. Just raise your hand. We'll come on over to you. Okay, all the way in the back on the left. Opposite side of the theater. Good evening. Good evening. How's it going? Not bad, not bad. All right, I have a question for you, gentlemen, because you are biracial. Uh Uh-huh. And I am also biracial, Mm -hmm. but I didn't get the the winning lottery. I'm not half white. But uh, (laughs) I'm two browns. I'm Puerto Rican and Jamaican. (laughs) And I'd like to know if you have any advice on how I could finagle my biracialness. Huh. How to finagle your biracialness? We've just been, uh, well, well, here's the thing. You know, Do you we, mean how to parlay it into a Comedy Central sketch comedy show? <laughs> you or any, any kind of success. Yeah. Here, here's the big thing. Uh, practice whichever dialect your parent has, and that somehow renders you less black. Like less, isn't that weird? It's like, a, it's like a less, it's interesting. Like if you meet a Jamaican person, you're half Jamaican, and then Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an interesting thing. It's a phenomenon that I've discovered that if it's like when an American says black, uh, they mean a certain thing. So when they meet an African or a person from the islands, all of a sudden they're not black like you're black. You know? And that's just a cultural phenomenon mm-hmm. that, that actually just exists. So, uh, you know, I, okay, one of the things just coming from, you know, uh, we're, we're sort of, uh, you know, we're different cultures uh, sort of coming together and you know you have the same thing i think that that kind of propelled us to get into uh, comedy maybe acting uh, just because you know we sort of we walk a tightrope a tightrope and there's a uh, we're we're comfortable shifting through different characters almost more comfortable than the, than our let's just put it this way our identity is, is a little bit amorphous and so that I would say you the the advantage you might have over the average uh, gentleman who has one parent that's one race is y- you have an adaptability of of two worlds. Uh, yeah, there yeah, you go. Black salsa. Open a black salsa school. <laughs> Open a soul we, salsa school. This is the city gonna... to do it. This is the city to do it. No, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. It's like you know we've been playing roles our whole lives. So yeah. Play, but yeah. yeah, it's you know look at look at what you have, uh, what what you do have in your life that uh, other people don't, and that's you know yeah that's unique that you can offer. Yeah. Seems like a lot of comedians, in a similar way, would say that they that to some extent they they were misfits in some way in some way shape or form, and then chose to kind of have a funny. To, to deal with the to deal with with maybe some of what was painful about that or or uh, difficult about that and 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 find the humor in that yeah mm-hmm. yeah I think I, I think you're right I think that's really the way it works for the most part for most anybody yeah I yeah. mean there definitely I think we both definitely had slightly different experience he's from Detroit I'm from here but there is a feeling of you know you're you're an outsider and on just on the racial level alone. You know, uh, we're taught at a very young age that we're supposed to identify ourselves on a standardized test. And what what, what options did you have? You're black, Hispanic, other. Yeah, I mean, what, yeah, you're supposed to fill every single oval. I mean, you know. And so that that in itself, uh, I think, brings up a, a an insecurity as and a young how, age. How, of, how big is the how big is the not not black enough to be black, not white enough to be white? How how what's that? I mean. Well, how, like he, how, we yeah. get the best of both worlds and the worst of both worlds. I mean, we can, you know, we we can we can go into one neighborhood and uh, you know be nerds, and we can go into another neighborhood and be considered thieves. You know, so uh, you know, it's, is that what it is? It, is that it's how very, it, is very that what it feels like that? It, I mean, I would say I would say that that is certainly was the experience of. It's funny. I mean, I would I I might disagree, Jordan, that you mm-hmm. say that are amorphous. I don't believe that my personality is amorphous. Mm-hmm. I think I have a very unique personality, like everybody does. Mm-hmm. But expressing myself comfortably the way I want to do it all the time would not have been acceptable, especially in a peer group as a child. Because you got it when you're a kid, everybody's terrified. So you find a category and you stick to it. And when I was a kid. It was a really small category of people yeah. like me. So in this particular social situation, you acted this way and spoke that way. And in this situation, you spoke this way and acted this way. Thank God, being a biracial person, you end up, you end up learning that facility. You end up learning that facility. But there's a, 
a small tragic twinge to it because you wish you could just be you. Why can't I mm -hmm. just be me? Well, there was no, you know, I'm 41, so there was no way to quantify that in the early 80s mm -hmm. yet. There was not a way to quantify that. And so, uh, and I think there is now because I just feel like a lot of ki a lot of people that watch our show are, are youngsters, are teenagers. And I think about some of my, I was saying earlier today, my godchildren. I have a godson who just turned four. So he's four. So Obama was elected when he was born. So he'll only ever know that the first president when he was born was this man who had, who had different colored skin. And he said to his mom a few weeks ago, because he had his little Lego toys, he said, Mommy, look, this is me, and this is Anto Titan. Anto Titan, that's me, Anto Titan. And he said, uh, and his little brown guy that was bald, and little, a little kid. And he said, we're, he goes, Anto Titan is brown on the outside, and I'm white on the outside, but we're the same on the inside. Aww. Well, now... A miracle also, we, work. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So it's just, it doesn't, it, it's just, it's happening. It's happening now. I think if you're 12 or under, it's just happening. You just, you don't get it. Race is absurd. It, it is. If anything, it's cultural, it's, you know? It's a crazy time because yeah. it's not, we're not in a post-race world, but we're not where we were uh, 10 Tw years ago. We're not 20 years where ago. we were a year ago. Yeah, yeah. It's this evolving thing, and so. It's fluid, you know, as it's evolving. Our job comedically, the way we see it, is just to you know, present some of these issues and point out some of these absurd, the, these things, hopefully lead everybody to that notion that, you know, race is very absurd. And I think that, you know, people who latch onto our show, I, th uh, I think that that's something that they know and that something they appreciate about the show. I mean, I, be, I would be, I would really be, I don't know how we do this metric, but I would be really interested in knowing how many of our fans are biracial? How many of our fans are half Jamaican and half Puerto Rican? One. There may be, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this guy right here. But That's I think funny. maybe more, more mixed people than if, we'll if ever If some know. of you will sleep with some of you here, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then we can make a better tomorrow. We can make it a break. So he likes that. <laughs> he likes, oh, already done. We're already on the way. You guys already did it. You already did it. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. <laughs> our youngest fan is here. <laughs> Although I can say with certainty, that guy's just white. <laughs> yes. That's okay. You'll be all right. Yeah, we like you too. A lot. Let's right. hear another question. All right, we're gonna go second row. My question is is did you ever come up with a skit or an idea that Comedy Central just sort of told you you couldn't do because it went too far? Uh no the thing is, if anything, especially in this as we were writing this season, uh, we often heard the note from Comedy Central, go further. Mm -hmm. You can go further. They're very supportive creatively in that way. They really are. They, they're just like, go for it. I mean, if you guys believe that you think you can find that premise mm -hmm. that the sketch will hold under, I think they feel like-minded to us. If you've got the premise and it makes sense, make the sketch. Mm -hmm. And then they've, I think for the most part, they've left, it, they've left us to our devices. They think that, that we try to be responsible about our comedy. You know? Right. And there's stuff that... There's stuff, you know, we, we, and we also overload them with scenes. So f for 67 scenes we produced this year, we wrote 300 and presented them in front of them so that Comedy Central, you know, ultimately our execs get to go, we like this one and not this one and this one. So uh, the, the, the edge of the sketch ends up being secondary to how the funniness, the, the, the humor. And yeah, they've been real, real good with that. They've been super that. supportive, yeah. Another question right here in the third row. Uh, I do um, video production here in New York. Uh, uh -huh. I write and film, and uh, I'm working on comedy sketches for basically like the rest of the year and going into next year. Have you ever had any problems with uh, casting things, in particular casting females, because that's my biggest problem, and in particular for things like the sketch, like Shot in the Dick? Like, do you have any problems casting a woman to? Well, uh, so Shot in the Dick was like a sketch that's we did. Question. Where that's a good question. It's a rap song where there's some scantily clad rap video ladies around yeah. me. With, uh, and so I guess the question, you know, to, to have you know, someone play that, do they, get the, do they get the joke? Or are they like, wait a second, I'm just a scantily clad prop here. Uh, we live in Hollywood where you can get really anyone to do problem. anything. <laughs> uh, really here, problem. it's a little bit colder and, uh, you know, <laughs> It's it, it's it's not a world where everybody's trying to be in front of the camera. So I would imagine it's harder to get somebody to do something that they don't want to do. You know, but you know, I, I would say that the, the easy answer. I'm going to give like an easy answer and not give you a step by step. But go to this agency. No, it, it's the hard. It, it's just you just have to find women 
who get the joke, like you said. You just have to find women that get the joke. And, you know, I, I would start with, uh, if there's a school, like if you think of something like the Upright Citizens Brigade, where, there's, where they teach sketch, you might find women who are more game to do that. You know, we, we, we also have make sure your sketch is funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It could be the sketch. It could be the sketch, right. <laughs> if they read it and laugh, they'd go, oh, this is cool. This looks like it'd be fun to do. All right. Then more than likely, they're going to do it. Yeah. And you know, we've, we've got, we have a sketch like that this year where there was a, um, um, a, uh, a, a fondling issue. And, and, and it was like, that girl's not going to do it. And that girl, not gonna, we just gotta, we, we're gonna have to get a sketch comedian and she'll get the bit. As soon as the woman, go, when you say bit, and a person, they're like, I love the bit, she's your girl. <laughs> she, she's gonna go, let's do it, anything for the laugh. Mm -hmm. But we also, you know, we, get, we hire the type of people uh, in, in every uh, sketch that we do. We, I think we, you know, those announcers right there, those guys weren't <laughs> actors. Those guys are announcers. Those guys are, they're sports and you can announcers. tell, they, they're the only ones that can do that voice, right? You can't, you can't put the that on. How many sketches have you seen with somebody doing a fake-sounding sports announcer? But no, we, you know, so for that, we got actual dancers who are pros, you know? Yeah. yeah. Next question is right here in the front row. Uh, first of all, I'm a big fan. I'm I'm very white, and my white family and our Labradoodles watch your show all the time. <laughs> Labradoodles, plural. Yes, yes, two. Holy. Two Labradoodles. Well, yeah. they're they're biracial, right? Yes, they're right. They are. There we go. Um, I'm sorry if you've talked about this already, because I just ran here from a lecture. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah, I I asked the professor to go out ten minutes early because I couldn't miss this. But um, <laughs> I was wondering, there's a lot of sketch comedy on the internet and on TV. I've seen a lot of comedians have failed shows. What made you guys say, this one's different, we think that this one's gonna make it? What made us say that? Um, I think, you know what it is? Uh, I, I, this, I, I've never described you this way, I'm doing this now and I'm gonna start doing this all the time. I love it. He is the Larry Bird of sketch comedy, which means that, which, me, which, which, which means to say, nobody works harder at sketch than my partner. We will. We just keep doing it and doing it, and then I gotta call my wife, and I'm gonna be an, another hour later. It's not done. The sketch is not done, and it's just. I think some people go, "We're having a good time." You know what translated onto screen is that you had a good time. What what we feel has to translate onto screen is is the concept of the sketch. So it's really it's just let's work. We're just gonna work as hard as we have to work to make sure it's funny, and I think that that. If anything, it, it, it's our work ethic. It's making sure that we cross every T and that we dot every I. And sometimes it looks like something's done. And then go, you know what? If you go back to page, at the beginning of page, two, we got to rewrite this thing. We got to rewrite this thing. And then you got to rewrite it. Because it's just, you want to, because once it's, you know, it's not like live sketch comedy. Once you've taped it, it's done. So you can't, there's only so much you can do with editing. So I think it's, it's outworking not, not, not that anybody is our nemesis, but it's outworking everybody. Just work as hard as you can to make sure it makes perfect sense as a comedic piece. But I think part of the confidence to, uh, that we would have a good show does come in one another. You know, it's uh, to, do a sh to do a sketch show alone or to do stand-up, it takes a very unique set of uh, calhounis. It takes, a, it, it takes real guts and it's a real gladiator sport. I know this is the funniest sketch performer that I've ever met. So to be, I'm honored to work with him, and I know if you know we combine what I do with what he do, does, we're gonna have something that many, many, many years of of work and practice will uh, have gone into. Yeah, and I think I think the many years are helpful, especially op operating in a live capacity. Because what we often do is we we sit down when we're writing, and we'll sit down and we'll go, no, 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 but right now. We, we try to put ourselves in the place of the viewer at home. And part of what you have to do, I think it's always been helpful, is think about the viewer at home by themselves, not with a friend, because we don't do this. You, you young people, you don't do this anymore. We, when I was in college, we all sat in a room together, like seven people, and watched the show together. So if you are doing that now, do you guys do that? Oh, bravo. Because awesome. a lot of people sit and watch the scenes on their computer by themselves. So we have to, we sit down and we very often 
Let's say ourselves, okay, so I'm sitting here, I'm the viewer, I'm watching it. That happened, okay, that kills, that's a funny joke. And now this part came, not right yet, not right. Because we have to, it doesn't matter if we think it's funny, it matters if you think it's funny. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, also, real. You seem <laughs> low. You, you seem funny. low energy. I don't no, have a lot not, of energy. We, he of the two of you, you seem like the, this program. You seem like the lower energy yeah. guy. <laughs> just you picked that up. You really you picked that up. Like there's no passion. It's just no, no passion. passion. No passion coming from the you. best is like early. I mean, early in the morning too. He'll just <laughs> boom. He's just like. Yeah. Oh, Jordan, wait, you up again? Right. Idea. We should talk about the idea. We should uh-huh. talk about the idea. Let's get this idea on the it's road. It's called oh. obsessive compulsive disorder, and it can <laughs> yeah. be treated with medication. <laughs> okay, I'll start taking those pills. But you know, it also me. helps not to not to answer the question for you. It also helps that you guys are just really funny. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mike. That's that's a big part of it. You know, uh, the like you can work really hard, but you you, you kind of have to be funny. <laughs> the, one of the things that we're con- we're constantly looking over has this been done before? Is this is this something you could see somewhere else? And that's really what does a lot of the work of whittling down the 300 to the 60 scenes is, yeah. all right, well, if it's great, but I could get that brand of humor in another show, it's not, it's not, doesn't it's need not to be now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like that famous line in the Woody Allen movie where he says comedy is serious. Yeah. You guys take it very take seriously. seriously. Oh, yeah, yeah. Take it very seriously. We have another question for you all the way over here. Hey, hey. Hey. How's it going? Okay. Doing okay. Doing all right. You got a USB cable on your belt there? Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. That uh, is tech. <laughs> I that cannot see that. You don't leave here, do you? <laughs> no, yeah. No, I'm from um, West 14th Street. I just came, got off work, and I heard you guys were going to be over here. So I was like, uh, me and my girlfriend, let's come over here, you know. Check oh, it out. thank you. Hi. You know? Hi, girlfriend. <laughs> so I wanted to know, um, what's your favorite um, sketch from the first season? And I also wanted to know, Currently, like, what kind of shows in terms of uh, comedy shows? Like, what do you think is funny? You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Let's mm-hmm. talk about that first one first. Uh, favorite sketch from the first season? Um, uh, I, the bitch sketch is, uh, you know, that a lot of fun. One of I think it was the first one we wrote uh, of the pilot, so that one has a special place in our hearts. Uh, what else? Uh, and that my, my personal favorite sketch is Baby Forest Whitaker. Baby Forest. That's my favorite sketch. Um, it's just so oh, creepy. And what's that? What's that one? It's uh, it's I am a babysitter, and uh, this toddler comes around the corner with Jordan's head on top of it. Talking about it's Gar-Gar Jordan's Gar-Gar head Goo-Goo. CGI'd on top of a four-year-old <laughs> playing Baby Forest Whitaker. <laughs> I want my milk. <laughs> I want my Babysitter. Okay, I, well, we can't have mama's milk because... I got my eye on you. Oh, no. Forrest Whitaker always looks pretty screwed always up. Always pretty yeah, screwed up. Like, oh, a little too intense. We think he, was, he was intense even when he was three. You know yeah. what I mean? So <laughs> that's, but, um, and then, and then um, what do we watch comedy-wise? Well, you know, one thing that we've been talking about a couple of times, it, since we really started going... Uh, Comedy wise, and and we're fans of we we we're 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 Anglophiles, so we do like a lot of British stuff. Comedy, you yeah. know, the British office really uh, inspired us by you know taking away the the laugh track and you know letting us see these sort of intimate, vulnerable moments of these characters. But to a certain extent, we're uh, watching comedy these days it's like work you know it's like homework it's hard to sit back and enjoy and not analyze yeah and not analyze I do, you know what i i do like new girl i like new, girl, like new a girl a lot i think there's something about the humor in that that's kind of loose i feel Very like they must cute. be improvising a little bit cuz you're going nah a writer didn't write that a writer did not write that line and that's what i find attractive sometimes when i go ah that might either that was uh, improvised in the moment and they kept it or they improvised in their writers room because you know, the, you know, Michael. Sometimes those things come out, and you go, "Ah, that's that's an improv line, not a writer line." Yeah. So I do that. I find that interesting. I find that interesting. Yeah. One little piece of uh, inspiration uh, for me in the show is I always talk about Martin Lawrence, who uh, you know I loved his show back in the day, and you know one of the things I loved about him was he he brought a new African American archetype uh, to the screen. It was kind of a Ralph Cramden character from like Honeymoons. He was a this uncharismatic guy with flaws, and he was the lead of the show, and at the same time, you kind of wanted him to lose in the episode. And I had never seen anything like that 
growing up, and I, I remember the slash, and I was like, wow, I, I can play an unlikable character. Uh, in right, you right, know, A low-status African-American yeah, character. Well, of course, yeah. he was a very high-status uh, character uh, in, in how he acted, in his uh, machismo, but that's right. kind of what he, Yeah, but everybody yeah. undercut him, right? right. So he, ne he never won. He always acted yeah. like he was winning and never won, and you didn't see that often, especially so, at that, in that day and age when right. Eddie Murphy was the, was the, the, the comic du jour. You know, and right, he right. always won. He always know? won. Yeah. The smartest guy in the room. Smartest guy in the room, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I remember Martin Lawrence from House, Par House Party. He was so funny. Yeah. His character is so funny in that movie. Uh, we have time for one more question. It's right here in the front row. Okay. Now, are you asking this question or is the baby asking this question? I am asking okay. the question. Right. <laughs> and our baby is Dominic-Korean. So just to Dominic-Korean. Dominic-Korean. Oh. Dominic-Korean. Right. <laughs> I love it. I, love it. Um, I know you guys talked about hiring dancers, but the thing that I loved about when you guys were doing sketches on Mad TV was how physical you guys were in, yeah. in your physical comedy. So, um, and I do remember the sketch that you did as Obama... Um, and so you think you can dance. So do you think you guys are going to be dancing more? Are we going to see you guys doing more physical comedy? You will. Hmm. I think so, I actually. I think you will, yeah. And, I, and I'm thinking of some physical pieces that are... We, well, we definitely have some dance scenes. There are some dance scenes. Uh, and yeah. some music scenes that involve... You know, we did a whole... Uh, we had a number that's like an MGM musical scene. From which the is late 40s. Over yeah. the top. Mm -hmm. We have some scenes where we kind of are ba back to some of our old tricks. There's a scene where we're, we play two valets who are obsessed <laughs> with Liam Neeson, or Liam oh, that, Neeson's. That's a very physical scene. And Liam we, Neeson's. And, and that's one where we just, you know, got that, that playfulness of, you know, uh, the physical one-upsmanship. We have another dancing scene. We have a, we have a Chris Brown scene. Chris Brown and Rihanna. <laughs> and Rihanna. Should mention. And I'll tell you, you ladies, I admire you, because... Dancing with heels is not an easy thing. Yes, I'm Rihanna. I play Rihanna. In case you hadn't guessed. It's uh, that whole Ginger Rogers thing, boy. I'll tell you what. It's tough. It's tough. But no, so there's, there'll be some physical stuff like that. And we, we do feel we're, we're kind of like, if you can do it physically, do it. Don't, don't say it. Do it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, one more video. You guys want to see another video? You guys want to see another oh, video? All right, here we go. What a mind-blowing finish to an incredible game tonight with Charlie Sanders winning the game in literally the last second. Uh, unbelievable, truly spectacular. Charlie Sanders, how does it feel? Hey, y'all, I want to say something to everybody watching. Yo, you can do anything. Anything's possible. The world is yours. Charlie, did you think that that game was going to end that way tonight? Yo, there are no limits, all right? You can swim across the Atlantic. You can jump real high and touch the moon. Fantastic. Charlie Sanders, fresh off of his uh, victory, uh, just feel like he's ready to touch the moon. I can fly. <laughs> Anybody can fly. If you believe in yourself the way I believe in myself tonight, you will fly. And what's next for Charlie Sanders and the Orange Kids, Line? you can actually fly. No, no, not, well, not literally. Yes. Literally, kids, young kids, I want you to go up on your roofs right now. Wait, what? Fly into the night sky. Okay. People will see you flying, and you can do anything. You can do anything. Okay, well, we, 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 uh, we just want to remind the kids that, of course, you cannot actually fly, kids. Come on, yo, screw that negativity, man. Hey, boys and girls, ages 8 through 12, yo, don't let nobody ever tell you what you can and cannot do. All the preteen children out there, listen to my voice. You are even Okay, well, obviously we understand that Charlie is super excited right now and that no one is actually immortal. No Kids, you can turn yourself into a car and have a friend drive you onto the freeway. Okay, no, well, that's just a metaphor, kids. It's not. Just you a still have the power of childish innocence. Get a friend on your back and make a beeline for the next ramp to the freeway, y'all. Okay, don't do it. To the he's, freeway. He's speaking figuratively, no, folks. Once you get just... there, ain't nothing figurative about this. You will turn into a robot. First and foremost, I just want to say to the 12 families who lost children, I'm sorry. My statements were irresponsible. I've subsequently looked up the terms literally and metaphorically and found that whereas I was not incorrect, they did not mean what I thought they had meant. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> wow. That was... Uh...
Yeah, that was based on Kevin Garnett, Kevin Garnett of course, a couple years ago. Inspired by Kevin Garnett, yeah. They just went on that rant. Uh, my favorite part of the scene, uh, Keegan, you were the one to make the, who made the clothing observation to, to dress him oh, like that. Oh, to make him dress that like that Russell Westbrook. Yes. To just yes. dress like a, a silly yes. clown person. The that, insane Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, what is yeah, going I on? I know. So the, it's, like, it's like basketball players are like, we so damn cool. I think we got to do something to make it look uncool. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, let's got give it. it a try. We're going to wrap it up now. Okay, okay. this is the wrap up. Tonight, there is a brand new episode. Episode two of, of the season. Peel. Key and Peel. Mm-hmm. Yes. You guys ready for that? At 10, 10, 30, 9.30 Central. 9.30 Central. On Comedy Central. On Comedy Central. Tonight. Yes. After South Park, which you should also watch. You should yep. watch that as well. Because they're doing yeah. something about they Honey need, Boo they, Boo. They, need, they really need help with people watching that. They, oh, yeah, they, they need really a little do. bit of South Park has had so much difficulty. They've really struggled. I like to in break off a little 25. piece and give some to them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, get them started, please, and watch it, guys. Really, really watch it. Yeah. Don't DVR it now. Watch it. No, um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Do whatever. Season you want. one of your show is currently on, available currently on, on iTunes. DVD and iTunes. And, and iTunes, iTunes, right? iTunes. Um, you guys, thank Michael. Let's thank hear you so it again much. for these guys. Thank you. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you. Genius, genius. genius. We love you all. Yeah.